0: Welcome to Cozying Up with the Clear Cut where we get up close and personal with women that inspire us. Welcome to season 4. This season, we sat down with some of our favorite fashion designers, TikTokers and media personalities. We hope you enjoy these conversations and draw a little bit of inspiration. I'm so excited to kick off season four with the iconic mother-daughter duo fashion designer extraordinaire, Miss Cynthia Rowley and her amazing daughter, influencer Kit Keenan. We're discussing the state of the fashion industry, how to find your passion and niche and what your engagement ring says about you. Enjoy. Hey everyone, and welcome to Cozying Up with the Clear Cut, where we get up close and personal with women that inspire us. Today we're doubly lucky because we have <laughs> the amazing mother daughter duo. We have Cynthia Raleigh and Kit Keenan here with us today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks Thank for you. having us.
1: We're so excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm like <laughs> so excited fans.
0: because I'm a big fan of both of yours separately. Um, so having you here together and hearing your story is gonna be so exciting. So Cynthia Raleigh is obviously the fashion designer Founder of Amazing Brand Cynthia Rally. I'm actually wearing one of your dresses today. Oh, <laughs> you <too. laughs> and Kit Keenan is obviously influencer, fashion influencer, beauty influencer, and you've seen her on The Bachelor. So yes. I kind of wanted to know what sparked both of your interests in fashion, and maybe we can start with you. Is it okay if I call you Cynthia?
2: Of course. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah, what initially sparked that, you know, interest in fashion when you were growing up?
2: I mean, I always was interested in clothes. Like, there's stories my mom tells where I wore a big white crinoline and a little pink cardigan and, you know, shiny black patent leather shoes, like, (laughs) every day for a year and a half. You know, there's those kind of stories. Um, And I always... Sewed. Mm-hmm. I started sewing at age seven, and making clothes. And did you um, teach
0: yourself how to sew?
2: My mom sort of taught me, but it was more like arts and crafts. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't ever really for like the glamorous part of fashion. If mm-hmm. there is a glamorous part, <laughs> um, it was more just you know to kind of keep me out of trouble. And then I eventually went to art school. At the Art Institute in Chicago, started switched from painting to fashion there and sort of put my drawing and painting and sewing all together as one one discipline and just started, never had a real job ever.
0: And how did, you know, your like interest and passion for fashion turn into this like huge brand that we all know? <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: It's so funny because I don't really think like that. You know, I don't think like huge brand. I just think like, well, I go to work every day. It's really fun. I get to, you know, make things and enjoy the creative process. Um, You know, I guess it was more of a slow burn than an overnight success. Mm -hmm. And I just love it. I just have so much fun doing it. I feel so lucky every day. And so I think it just like, you know, it's all cumulative. I think you know, it's never like one thing makes you a great success. Mm -hmm. And you know, and in this on the same hand, nothing ever can break you either if you just keep going and keep um, doing it and staying Relevant and authentic and genuine and creative at all costs and risk taking and all those things. So
1: I also feel like some of the brands that got big for one specific thing, Mm -hmm. like had an overnight success like that. It's really hard to maintain that momentum. Whereas if you have like the creative vision overall and it's more of a slow burn, sometimes I feel like that is how you maintain a brand long term because you're always evolving rather than just Not having, like, like one-star one, product.
0: Yeah, one hit
2: wonder, one trend. Yeah, yeah. reinventing all, every single day. And
0: mm-hmm. I think people can be impatient, right? They want to have, like, the big blow-up, but um, I it's that's how you have, like, longevity in your brand, is, like, to always be relevant. Kit, how did your growing up with a uh, fashion designer mom inspire
1: your passion for fashion? I mean, I... I'm interested in fashion and I love the industry, but it's not something that I wanna work in long-term. Um, and I think like for me, I have, I'm able to appreciate because I see how hard my mom works every day. And I see like how much passion she has for the end product. Um, and so I can like appreciate from the outside but I don't wanna work in fashion because I think there's also like some moral issues that I have with the industry and just things that like I've grown up seeing. Um, And that's not to say that like efforts in sustainability and stuff like that are just like a lost cause. But I think for me, I want to look like in other areas and kind of do my own thing.
0: Didn't you start your own fashion brand a few
1: years back? Yeah, I did. So I actually, that I started a clothing brand in college. Um, I went to NYU and I went to Gallatin, which is NYU School of Individualized Study. to NYU study for oh. a long time ago. Oh my God. <laughs> Not um, that long. Well, I had an amazing time and Gallatin is really cool cuz you get to pick your own major mm-hmm. and I studied fashion business and I started a clothing brand in college and I learned so much from like owning a business mm-hmm. and the trial and errors that like I had in that and just the advice that I got from my mom through that process and everything. And I don't do it anymore, but I think I learned so much from that. And a big lesson that I learned was that I think now on social media, you see so many people launch businesses and it appears as though overnight like mm-hmm. they're automatically a success um, and everything sells out and it's perfect and amazing and easy. And I learned that that's absolutely not the case um, for most brands. And it also makes me appreciate like my mom's career path and how it has been like ever evolving and like she's constantly working to reinvent the brand and stay relevant because I think that you just see like a lot of people on social media and it's a highlight reel of what
2: entrepreneurship looks like yeah I think it's funny people like some people start like we have interns in the company and they're like well I meet Cynthia and it's like oh that's her over there <laughs> carrying those boxes downstairs <laughs> or something like i really work really hard mm-hmm. every single day never take a day off you know i'm not that person mm-hmm. at all but you know that's what you're getting yourself into when right. you start a business but also i think it, you know it's i think it's it's a good way to think about things that it doesn't have to be forever i mean i found my passion early on and was like all in and it doesn't you know it feels doesn't feel like i've been doing it every everything seems like the first time you know to me but i do think it's a thing where you should if you have an idea you should explore it and That's the only way you're going to find out if you want to do it or not. 100%. I think a
0: lot of people are scared because they're like, well, maybe it won't work out and maybe this isn't my thing forever. But if you don't try it, you'll never know. And you'll, you know, worst case scenario, get lessons that you learn about what you do want to do in the future.
2: Right. And you don't have to pick one thing. Yeah. It's not like, what do you, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And that's it. You know, it's like it can be a serial yeah. um a series of of different well careers. i've always
1: felt like that because i never really like i've had i feel like i spread myself thin mm-hmm. across many areas of curiosity and um things that i want to be a student of and i've never really had like that one thing and sometimes i look at my mom and i'm like oh my gosh i wish i just had that like one thing that i was my thing and uh, at the same time i'm like well i get to you know be curious about different things i love fashion and i appreciate fashion but I'm also really interested in the culinary space and that's Yeah kind I love of like your like I'm... food
0: videos too. Oh my gosh,
1: thank you. That's <laughs> like... I was like, I need to make this egg sandwich like tomorrow.
0: <laughs> I love
2: her food, her food videos too, because yeah. I get to eat them
1: all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that there's I'm always like exploring new areas and eventually maybe like one thing will stick or I can have, you know, my foot in different areas and, um, or is it my hand in different areas, um, <laughs> foot. my foot in different areas, um, but just have an interest in different, um, spaces and kind of explore those separately and together, I guess.
0: Yeah. Um, Cynthia, what were uh some pivotal moments that shaped like your brand development and kind of shaped you as a businesswoman and designer?
2: Well, I never really had any business training. Mm-hmm. You know, I really I went to art school. Yeah. You know, that's like a crazy way to start a global brand, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> so I wouldn't recommend that.
1: Mm-hmm. Um
2: I think I think there's been a bunch of pivotal moments. And I mean, I think when I decided, even when I started, you know, when I was in school, people, all, everybody told me, oh, well, you have to have a backer. You know, mm-hmm. I'm doing air quotes right now. <laughs> you have to have a backer. And I was like, why would somebody want to just give me money so that I could, you know, massage my own ego and you know, have mm-hmm. runway shows and stuff like that. If it doesn't make sense fiscally, mm-hmm. then, you know, why wouldn't anyone do it? And so then why would anyone do it? And so then I thought, well, I've got to figure this out myself. And just being able to start and, and do it on my own and figure out the business side of it, as well as the creative side, mm-hmm. which they are completely equal Mm -hmm. and that's those are things that like i think most people wouldn't know about a successful fashion brand is that the business side of it it feeds the creative and vice versa and i have creative people doing making major business decisions and i don't really you know that the that's what is driving the brand, mm-hmm. Are the is the creativity in the company. Um, and I don't know, there's been awards. There's been, for every award, there's also been like a time when I was like, well, that was a nice career you had, Cynthia. And <laughs> so, <laughs> seriously, so like you just, you know, the pivotal moments are always, you know, the highs and lows mm-hmm. and the crossroads and, you know, which path to take Mm -hmm. and there's no, there's never any right way. And the industry has changed so much since I started and changes every day that you just really have to really be like kids saying, curious about everything. Like I am, I read everything. I live, you know, the, the, creative life for, you know, and that's what inspires me. And it's just, um, you know, probably not one pivotal thing. Although I do think when I had the opportunity to learn about making wetsuits and get really into the surf industry and functional sport Mm -hmm. clothes, that that is for for me a really pivotal point in my career that has defined and um, given our brand its identity, I mm-hmm. think. so, and being able to work with amazing sports figures and, um, you know, and be able to really push the boundaries in like a very niche, yeah. part of the business is really. That was kind of like a big, big change. For also,
1: me. for you, I feel like growing up, you were never. Um, I was trying to explain this to someone recently, but my mom is so not like a typical fashion designer mm-hmm. or what you see in TV shows or movies. Mm-hmm. And
2: <laughs> you mean like.
1: Like you're not like in the back of a limo riding around with models and like yes. all of sunglasses. That. Yeah, exactly. And like Double Wars product kind of Yeah, totally. Yeah. Definitely not like that.
2: Meryl Streep. And-
1: but I think that you discovering that you could incorporate surfing into the brand and make wetsuits was also like personally a way for you to stay interested in fashion yeah. longer term and yeah. kind of like reinvigorate your interest and you know passion for fashion
2: yeah and now doing snow on yeah you know know. this year was the first year we launched snow I'm a sporty girl like (laughs) always have been
0: yeah so for both of you what advice would you give to women who are wanting to pursue a career in fashion
1: Hmm. I mean to me like Growing up, I've met so many people that have such different roles in fashion. Like the fashion industry is so broad. Mm -hmm. I mean, last night I just met a woman who is a fashion lawyer and she works with like influencers and smaller brands doing like the legal side of Mm -hmm. fashion and looking at contracts all day. And so I think people, like when they say, I want to work in fashion, they think, oh, I'm going to be, you know, like, an PR. artist or <laughs> somebody, you know, sketching in my studio or whatever it is, and it's like the fashion industry is so broad. Pretty much everyone no matter how like creative you are, can there's a space in fashion for you. Mm-hmm. So if you're gen- generally interested in that in the fashion industry, like there's definitely a place for you. You just have to be curious about what those different roles look like because not everyone wants to be or can be a fashion designer and there's uh, so many different roles that you can take up in this space definitely
2: and technology is a really open Mm -hmm. space for people to kind of create their own uh careers and enhancing whether it's you know avatars and opening stores AI. in the metaverse yeah i know i i think that's so exciting i'm so into that i'm so excited about that but that's like a whole universe of jobs that i think is just sort of being created
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and kate you mentioned you are having your hand in many different things right now so what does like a typical day like look like
1: for you mm-hmm. well when you asked me what I wanted my job title to yeah. be for this podcast, <laughs> um, I definitely got a little bit stressed because I feel like I've never well, everyone has always hated the term influencer and like tried to use other terms. Like content to, creator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To exactly like content creator to kind of sub in for it. But like right now I love doing social media full time. It's an absolute dream. Like I get to travel and work wherever I want to. And I get to work with like my favorite brands in the world. And for me, like right now, I'm really focused on the culinary space. So I am definitely like a student of that world right now. Um, and I'm just learning from the, you know, creators and the people in the space that came before me. So that's been really interesting. And I'm just like going with the flow a little bit now. I graduated college last year Wow. and <laughs> this has been like the most insane year of my life and so fun and so many incredible opportunities have come up for me. And I've just been saying yes to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has been like an absolute dream. Right now I'm like... I have big dreams in the culinary space and like with my cooking content. And I'm just dipping my toe in in different areas to see like what my audience wants to see more of in terms of that. But like for me, I've been on social media for so long and I've been doing like I was doing content creation and influencer work all through college. Um, And there has been many like versions of me online. And I think sharing more of my cooking content has really made me like want to be online again and want to connect with my audience because it's what makes me the most happy to hear people like, respond to. Um, I personally love it. Like, when people (laughs) say, oh, where'd, where'd you get that top or whatever? Can you link this for us? Or I like that outfit. I'm like, that makes me happy. But when I see all of, like, the tagged photos of people making my recipes and, like... Even coming into my mom's store, my mom's store manager will say something to me like, oh my gosh, this woman just came in and she said she made your recipe for Christmas (laughs) dinner. And like, that's what makes me the most happy right now. So I'm kind of focusing on that and like pushing towards that right now.
0: Hey everyone, Olivia here. Hope you're enjoying our episode. Our clear-cut collection features fine jewelry pieces inspired and designed with you in mind. Our collection is ever-changing and each piece is handmade and made to order here in New York City. Don't forget to check it out and use the code COZY, C-O-Z-Y, for free shipping on any purchase. Where did you first start like having an interest in food and the culinary um, space?
1: Well, we always cooked together growing up, and I feel like that was our bonding time um, because my mom works so hard, and like at the end of the day when she comes home, it's like we get to be in the kitchen together. Um, it's like and a
2: meditative. I unwind. love doing that yeah.
1: after like a long day of work, just like making something. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Especially I mean now I'm like filming what I cook a lot, but really like my happiest moments are when I'm in the kitchen with no, you know, phones or anything around because it's it's like another time, which is why we love surfing so much too. It's like a time when you have to be so focused on the manual. And that's how you, it's like an, it's an act of my, uh, mindfulness, I mm-hmm. guess. So I think I actually remember you saying that on the bachelor. Yes. But my, like <laughs> my, my like one-on-one date during yeah. <laughs> my season, we cook together. So mm-hmm. that was really meaningful for me because I've always had like this love for cooking and, um, like, how it brings people together, so.
0: And I think we were all, like, introduced to you, or a lot of your fans were introduced to you um, on The Bachelor. What made you decide to go on?
1: I mean, I was in Zoom. I was on, on Zoom, like, at NYU at the time, and I was just like, this is the only time I'm going to be able to take a semester off or kind of take a pause on my life like this. hmm So I decided to go for it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And what was the experience like? Oh, it was incredible. I met so many amazing women and I like had the best time. So yeah, it was definitely a risk worth taking.
0: Awesome. And I know that you both um, have a podcast together. Can you tell us what inspired you to start that? And you know, what's it like
1: working together? Speaking of bonding, That was like our one time a week where we were like, okay, we have an hour and we're just going to sit down and talk. Um, So we started our podcast almost a a year. uh, Yeah, maybe a year or two ago now. And it's called Ageless. And really the premise behind it is the fact that my mom is basically like a 13-year-old stuck (laughs) in a mom's body. And I'm like a very old soul and I've always been told that. So uh, that's kind of how like our dynamic works. My mom is more of an optimist, like sees the glass, not even half full, like overflowing. <laughs> I <And> envy that. <laughs> I am definitely a realist. So the way we approach topics around wellness and cooking and then fashion and beauty, um, is, is very different, and I think it's an interesting dynamic that
2: people love to listen to. Also, I'm so low maintenance, like I know nothing about beauty products, hair products, like any of that stuff. So it's like the yin and yang of those, that conversation is kind of funny mm-hmm. to hear.
0: I think that's funny. I have a similar dynamic with my mom. She's like a really young spirit, and I'm always like the serious, like mm-hmm. realistic one. <laughs> so it's funny to see that with you guys too. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of grew up like in the public eye, and you're in the public eye now. Like, what? How do you deal with like any sort of negative criticism, whether that's in like your personal life or work life, or just people online? Because you're putting your content
1: out there all day. Like, how do you deal with mm-hmm. like haters or trolls? Um, I mean, it's really hard. I don't think anyone has a great response to this question. And I feel like it's a big question for anyone that lives their life online or puts their life out there to be consumed. I think one thing is like, just because somebody's putting their life online doesn't mean that they're asking for criticism. So I would say like, for me, when I see those sorts of comments or DMs or just like hate online, I think about, I try to think about all of the positive comments that I get and all of the support that I have. And that's hard Mm -hmm. because you're trained, like as humans, I feel like we're just trained to focus on the negative. And so for me, it's been like a, process of just constantly trying to be grateful for all the people that support me because it really does like it has completely changed my life and makes me so happy every day to like wake up to positive reinforcement in the work that I do every day um but definitely it's like if one negative comment sometimes can like totally. Because sometimes
0: people, you know, are scared it. to put out content or like put out designs because they're scared of like what people will think. Yeah, or like I mean, how do you well. deal with that?
2: I mean, you know, not everything can be a winner, but mm. you have to keep taking risks and be sort of fearless about it mm-hmm. and or sort of controlled fearlessness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at this point, I think. I pretty much know my audience really well. And, um, you know, hopefully I push them along in their fashion journey, but still give, um, like, real, the real CR experience Mm -hmm. along with that. You know, there's some clunkers sometimes, (laughs) but, you know, can't it all be winners?
1: Well, I think that's also the really detrimental part about trolls or negativity online is that I think it pushes creators to just constantly be putting out the same kind of content Mm -hmm. because once you know I'm not going to get hate on this or I'm not going to get as much hate on this then you kind of want to just keep repeating that same pattern but that's not never how you grow or like continue to connect with your audience right because you constantly have to be like reinventing and putting out new and new ideas and new and testing valuable things, yeah. content so I think that's like that's hard you just well, want to get stuck in a rut
2: I think like I just don't think like other fashion designers so like to me I'm like oh our shoes aren't coming from you know the sh- the from Italy in time for the show what if everyone wears roller skates and skates in pretty dresses you know like it's just yeah. I just don't think like the way other people think our our show that we're having next Thursday is gonna be really funny and cool and different
0: that sounds awesome and that's probably <laughs> like a huge part of like your success too that you don't think like how other designers think, which makes your brand special.
2: Yeah. I just, I I just think like, what if we do this, mm-hmm. you know? And it's people that I've worked with for a really long time are like br- like brace themselves. <laughs> They're like, okay, here we go. <laughs> 10, nine, eight. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We could do, we could do that, <laughs> you know? So just, I think you just have to not be, Like kids saying, like, you really just, you can't just go along with what the industry says it should be. Mm -hmm. You know, you just really have to march to the beat of your own drum.
0: Yeah, definitely. So we're going to kind of shift topics a little bit into jewelry just to, like, have some jewelry talk. So I, we're obviously a jewelry company and I love jewelry because, like, Special pieces can have very, like, significant meanings. Do you guys have any pieces that are, like, sentimental or special to you? And, like, why?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, recently I went to visit my grandma in Illinois. And she brought out this box of jewelry from my great-grandma's house. And there was a tiny little pouch, green pouch, in there with a... String of pearls and she said great grandma wanted you to have this, so I now have this beautiful necklace and it means so much to me. Um and I think pearls are really meaningful in general and they're definitely coming back. Yeah, they're very on trend right now. (laughs) Um I was very excited.
2: I might have to borrow that. Of course. (laughs) I would say I for Mother's Day. Like three or four years ago, I made these, had these rings made for me and Kit and Gigi, um, my younger daughter. And they're just watermelon tourmaline rings. And we all three have them. And I think that's kind of sweet to have all matching.
0: Yeah. I also have a signet
2: ring that um, I had engraved like initials, but it's actually a small M big O and a small M again. So it looks like initials, but But it says mom mom. (laughs) or wow. If I wear it upside down.
0: (laughs) And that's really cool. Um, If you could wear only one piece of jewelry, what would it be?
1: I don't like not wearing earrings. So I think I would say earrings. Like I love rings. I love necklaces. I love even bracelets, but Earrings, like I feel naked if I don't have anything Same. in my ear holes.
2: <laughs> One piece. <laughs> it's hard because I'm so active mm-hmm. that I end up not really wearing that much, or I wear it then I take it off. I'm not totally... like you. You
1: switch. You're constantly yeah. Switching. I switch it around. Yeah. I switch
2: it around. I have this necklace that Jessica made me.
1: Yeah. Oh,
2: um. Yeah, I think I I wouldn't have just one.
0: Okay, that's fine. <laughs> um, and what jewelry trends are you seeing for this year?
1: I predict big, colorful semen earrings.
2: Yeah, I was going to say big, colorful stones and color color mm-hmm. in general. And sort of mismatched, mm-hmm. you know, like not like two different color earrings or, you know.
0: Different metals. Different
2: diamonds, mm-hmm. different, yeah, yeah, different metals. Just the mixing up of everything.
0: I like mixing up, too. I don't like only wearing, like, one kind of, like, all white gold or all yellow. Yeah. I like to mix and match. Cool. Um, We're going to play a little diamond game because we're, like, Fun. we do, make, we make diamond rings, so. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah.
2: Oh, that's exciting.
0: Yeah. Okay. So we have three different engagement rings and we're gonna show you each and you're gonna tell us, you know, what type of woman or what kind of personal style Do each of these rings evoke? So we'll start with this one. This one is it's a 9.3 carat emerald cut with tapered
1: baguettes. I'm freaking out.
2: I'm so freaking out.
1: I do. That's all I have to say. You can
0: try it on.
1: (laughs) Take a look.
2: Wow. That's so gorgeous <laughs> yeah
0: so what kind of person would wear that
1: I mean it's pretty like clean
2: yeah, it's modern yeah I, I don't feel like it's fussy or it it's like this is a diamond I would wear because it's just like, you know, yeah. modern, clean. I feel like and a little sporty and in a very. I would say it's either sporty
1: way. or it's more like you work at like an office or some. You have a more serious like corporate job because it's not as fun. Like it's super. Oh, see,
2: I think that's fun.
1: I feel like it's simple and like clear, clean. You know. <laughs>
0: I think uh, see, is... I would
2: do this as a pinky ring. Take okay. that off. And that
0: would be a pretty epic pinky ring. Right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I love pinky rings.
0: Yeah. It's a casual nine-carat pinky ring. Yeah, exactly.
2: Dang. Yeah, that's beautiful.
1: Stunning. So someone with a, take with a modern style? Yeah, I would say modern, mo- modern style maybe younger. I'm thinking office, I'm Mm -hmm. thinking more corporate because I don't know, this ring is huge, but I'm saying just the size (laughs) and the style, I would say more, I know.
2: Oh my God.
1: All right,
0: next up, we have a five carat oval diamond. And this one's set with like small pave diamonds down the band and a hidden halo. Okay.
1: Ooh, see, this one's so girly. Mm-hmm. This yeah, that's is a girly a princess.
2: Girl. Yes. Princess style. Yes. Look how think... look how look at all the color and facets and. I know. Wow, this. is I've diamond. never had a diamond. Really? Right. Never. Well, we can help you rank. with that. <laughs> <laughs> isn't that Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I just never. I've never had one.
1: This is giving me. This is giving me girly girl, but I would say somebody who works in like a more-
2: Creative? Creative,
1: maybe like social media, marketing.
2: Yeah. So beautiful. So
1: beautiful. Obsessed. So more of like a feminine style. Yeah, feminine style, Mm -hmm. I would say. Definitely.
0: Last but not least, we have an eight carat radiant cut with trapezoid side stones. Mm -mm, Okay.
2: Oh, square. Ooh. I like the square.
1: <laughs> okay, this is giving, like, mob wife vibes. Yes,
2: <laughs> in the best possible yeah. way. Like, when in Married to the Mob, when he says, how much do you need? And talking about how much cash she needs to go shopping, and she goes like this. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> two inches. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's beautiful. This is, like,
1: badass. This is mob wife vibes,
2: for sure. Love. But so you wear that with like, like beat up Levi's and a and a ratty white t shirt, mm-hmm. and you're like, baller.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm pretty sure any of these you could wear with
0: that, and yeah, be, be pretty baller. Out of all three, which one would you personally choose? I would choose the oval.
2: Oh, that's so funny. I would choose the rectangle.
0: The yeah. yeah. emerald cut. So oval for Kit. So you're more of like a feminine style, mm-hmm. and then the emerald cut for you, Cynthia, as a pinky yeah, ring. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. I as feel like as a pinky <laughs> ring because it looks really, to me, it looks really strong. Mm-hmm. I like the angular.
0: Yeah, very like cut. geometric.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that that would be mine.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you for playing. That was fun. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was wow. so fun. That,
2: don't they do that on The Bachelor where they look at the rings yeah. and they decide I've never looked one. at engagement rings. Wait, so.
0: so do the girls pick the rings or like like he picks? Well,
1: well, I don't know, <laughs> but <laughs> I will say I've never looked at engagement rings. So mm-hmm. this was like really, either, really
2: fun. Even though I've been married well, more you than feel once. Feel free to always
0: come by. You can play with as many engagement <laughs> rings as you want. Oh, <laughs> All right. So where do do you guys see, especially UK, where do you see like your brand and your company or your brand, your company, like going in the next like five to 10 years? Like what plans do you have for your individual selves? And, you know, as like a mom daughter, like duo as well.
2: Five years. That's a long time. You know, what? five years. (laughs) Isn't that that's that's a thing, though, for me, like I don't like to have long-term goals mm-hmm. because I think it sort of stifles the short-term mm-hmm. um, uh, sort of being able to be malleable and kind of like explore new things. So I don't really, ha- I never set long-term I goals. I think you
1: can have goals, but you need to be able to What about next year's goals?
2: Oh, so yeah, next year. I have stuff for next year. (laughs) I mean, this year, next year. yeah, Definitely more in the sports space, Mm -hmm. you know, whether that's other sports um, categories or growing more in the categories that we're in. Yes to both of those. Um, Definitely more global. Um, probably opening more stores in sort of interesting cities that I think are exciting. You know, maybe Nashville, maybe Austin, maybe, you know, places. How's like retail
0: that. like changed since COVID for you? Is it like back fully or? It's
2: amazing. Knockwood. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting because we pivoted and we became almost not exclusively, but 90% DTC. Mm-hmm. So, in that regard, we we were able to, you know, gather all the data from all, all of our, you know, points Customer. in the country and the world actually where, you know, we have an, an audience. And you know, it's in, it's exciting to see places that you wouldn't think would be um as developed mm-hmm. and then go open a store and be able to really learn about your audience and talk to your audience.
0: I think Austin would be great. We were just down there and it's weird. We have so many customers in Austin Mm -hmm. and it's like such like a thriving city. And I had never been there before. I want to visit so badly.
2: The food is really
1: good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Dallas and Austin are like definitely on my list.
2: Yeah. Those are on my list too.
1: For me, I would say, I want to become more established in the culinary world. I would love to do like more on-air stuff and hosting and fun stuff in like the culinary space. Also maybe a product collab to start off. And then I also want to figure out how I can use, my cooking content to give back um because i think there's so many like areas that cooking and the culinary world touches that are amazing opportunities to give back so i would love to figure out what that looks like for me
0: and what are some like exciting projects we can like look forward to in the near future from you both
2: um i don't know i don't even know next week yeah Yeah. (laughs) i don't even know there's so much stuff yeah um i'm doing something in marfa at the marfa invitational as a which is kind of an art performance cool which is really scary (laughs) for me but i always say if you're not a little bit scared why bother you know so i really am excited to really just really thrive or fail, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. I don't know, at least it'll be interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, we do our surf camps in the summer and um, some travel. We're gonna, we're planning some trips for Mm fun-ish. There's yeah. always a little mi- business mixed in with Got pleasure.
0: <laughs> always. I feel like for you, for sure, like, wherever you're going, like you're definitely working and making content. Yeah. Right?
1: Well, I have, a, I have, I feel like I've traveled more in the past few months that like more consistently than I have in so long because of COVID, mm-hmm. which has been incredible. And I feel so lucky and, uh, in terms of my fun stuff coming up i am in the very early stages of working on a product collab so Ooh, that'll exciting be really
0: fun. yeah well, awesome. Thank you both so much for coming. This was so much fun. Um, I was so excited to meet you. Uh, so Thank you for well, having us. Yeah, of course. Um, it was so, so
2: fun looking at all the beautiful <laughs> diamonds. Oh yes. my god.
0: I'm glad. So tell everyone where they can like follow you, shop, keep up with like your content, all of that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mine is anything. Cynthia Rowley. What an amazing uh, conversation. Um, I loved learning website. about Cynthia
0: Rowley's amazing. journey through her fashion career um, you can and me all Instagram about how Kit is Kate finding Kenan her current passion. What TikTok is your passion? Head to our TikTok to view these beautiful rings and our let us know which one and would you listen choose. listen on
1: any streaming platform. It's called Ageless Podcast. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. <laughs>